Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I am Michael Kingswood, retired naval officer, Christian, dad, and writer extraordinaire. I mostly focus on science fiction and fantasy, but I've been known to write just about everything under the sun, including the occasional romance. The purpose of this podcast is to share my stories with you, the reading slash listening public. So sit back and relax, because I'm going to tell you the story. Hey friends, I'm Michael Kingswood. It's story time, and you're not going to believe this. But it's Friday. And on Friday, I'm recording for Story Saturday! I'm getting it done early this time for a change. How about that? Uh, As you know, since all of you guys come here all the time, and those of you who haven't come here all the time, glad to see you. Make sure that you subscribe, or whatever the equivalent is on the platform that you're watching this on and since you're new here you should know that i've got a kickstarter going on right now it's going to end this coming tuesday uh, the 4th of april at 12:45 p.m pacific time and that story is for this new writing challenge that i've been doing this year it's similar to the challenge that this that this story saturday story comes from this week, we're reading story number 43 from Stories from the Great Challenge. I did 52 stories over the course of a year, one a week. Actually, I did 54 that year, and I compiled them all in this great, big, huge, thick collection. Well, this year, I'm doing the same thing, a story a week at least. And instead of doing one collection, I'm doing 10. I'm just doing, doing 10. I'm doing five. Five collections of 10. With the f- final one, it'll be 12. Um, and I'm going to... The first one is ready to go. The Kickstarter, which I just mentioned, which is ending on Tuesday, is to support the first volume. So, if you're new here, or if you've been here for a while and haven't gone to it yet, go there. Back the Kickstarter. You'll love it. As proof of how much you'll love it, I'm going to read this story called Drops in the Storm. That's right, right? Drops in the Storm, not Drops in the Rain. Drops in the Rain is a... uh, (laughs) a song by beast in black different thing entirely drops in the storm this is kind of outside my normal wheelhouse i normally do fantasy or sci-fi and some mystery stuff this is more on the mystery slash crime definitely crime um side of things and it's it's shorter than i usually write it's only about two thousand words and as I read back on it, it's like, oh man, I guess I gotta revisit this character because it's clearly a lead into a new one, uh, to a follow-on story, which you will see. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing it, obviously. You will, you will enjoy listening to it because I'm reading it, and it's awesome. So I'll talk to you on the flip side. Enjoy. The lighting in the overhead seemed to swirl making little multicolored kaleidoscope patterns in the air above Grant's head. Twist and swirl, swirl and twist. It felt like his entire body was swirling along with the lights, like he was moving in time with them and more, like he was about to float up, way up there to be with them in the warmth of their glow. Only the top of his head was holding him down to the ground. Only the top. He threw up his hands, grasping toward the spiraling lights up above him, 
Maybe if he could reach up high enough, he could overcome the resistance, and he could go where he was meant to. Up. Up, up, and away. There was sound all around him, murmurs and rumblings, something that seemed almost like a speech, or maybe a musical note here and there, but nothing he could put his finger on. Not that it mattered. Nothing mattered, really. But damn, he couldn't get past that resistance. Slumping back down, he felt his arms fall to his sides, but that only registered faintly beneath the frustration bordering on anger that swept through him. He needed to go up. Had to go up. But his damn head wouldn't let him. There was a wall somewhere, he vaguely remembered that, like the memory of a dream from when he was two years old. He knew the fact of the wall, but he couldn't grasp the reality. But there was one nearby, somewhere. Maybe he stumbled forward, only remembering he even had feet in the split second it took between when he started to fall and when he reflexively adjusted his stance to keep himself upright. The stutter step drew his gaze down from the mesmerizing spirals and became aware of shapes in the world all around him. Blobs, not amorphous so much as blurred out, washed beneath the sheen from above, but he could just tell the blobs were multicolored. And they moved. Off to the left, or was it right? They moved in unison, like an external force was directing them, and for a second he could almost feel that force, rhythmic, pulsing. But then it faded back into the general murmur all around. To the right, the left, their movement was more random, some remained still, Part of Grant's mind screamed at him that he should be wary lest the blobs get him. Another, louder part chided that as paranoia. They were here to have a good time just like Grant was. No enemies in a good time. He inhaled through his nose and found that the odors around him weren't washed out by the glorious spiral above. Not at all. A musky, almost sweet scent overtop moist sourness that triggered another of those almost memories and he flashed to a locker room way back in high school. Just as quickly as it came, the flash went, and Grant was looking back up at the spirals again. He gaped at their beauty, and he longed for them. It was warm enough here, but it would be even warmer, the bliss more sublime. He tried jumping, and for a second he thought he'd done it. Then his feet struck the unyielding surface beneath him, and that frustration flared up even higher. Damn this stupid head. Keeping him down. He pushed forward, driving his heels into the floor and two of the blobs directly ahead parted so he could pass. He heard the general murmuring grow more distinct, chagrined. Then he was passed and he moved on until his outstretched hand contacted something hard. Hard and angled like a wall. A wall rounding a corner. He knew it was there, and here was his answer. He couldn't get up with his head holding him back, so he stepped back, lowered his head, and charged forward. The flash of light and searing pain when the top of his head struck the corner was hot, almost scalding. For a second, the world and the lights and the blobs all congealed and slowed and then stopped, and he caught a glimpse of a nightclub, with multicolored spotlights shining down from the ceiling, people in party attire scattered all around, those off to the right dancing to the DJ's beat, and shrieks of shock from people nearby to him as they all looked at him with mouths agape. And the flash flew away, and it was all murmuring and blobs again. And Grant was light below the pain in his crown, but not light enough. Still, the top of his head held him down, down away from where he needed to go. Up and up. Up and up. 
he stepped back and charged the corner again, and again, and again. At some point, he stopped feeling the pain, and then he stopped feeling anything at all. The club was awash in pandemonium. Panicked party-goers all decked out in club attire, and most, at least a couple sheets to the wind from the booze, drugs, or both, were pushing back from the countertop below which Piotr's target now lay limply in a slowly expanding pool of blood and gray matter. He had been in the prime of life and dressed to the nines, enjoying what he didn't know was to be his last night in this world. Considering what he had done, it was fitting that Grant was now cast aside like so many rags, in disgrace and filth. Alone among the people in the vicinity of the place, where Grant had shattered his own skull and poured his gray matter out onto the floor, Piotr did not flee. He just stood in his navy blue suit and unbuttoned white-collared shirt, arms crossed over his chest, with his back against the red-painted wall of the nightclub, and watched. Watched, and felt neither pity nor revulsion nor remorse, just satisfaction and excitement for the future. The compound had worked better than he ever could have imagined, just one drop into Grant's glass during a carefully choreographed pass by the waiter who was bringing it to Grant's table. One drop had set him off enough to do that. Impressive. Piotr hadn't believed the scientist's claim, how it had driven a test subject to blow the top of his own head off with a forty-five. He assumed it was just braggadocio. Apparently not. Amazing. The DJ's music turned off, the news of the event finally having reached him. Gone was the bass and the electronic semi-melody, and now the only sounds were women's shrieks and men's expressions of shock as the crowd continued to back away. Then, in the distance, sirens. Paramedics, and police for certain. They would have no reason to suspect Piotr. No way to connect him to Grant at all, and they wouldn't be able to detect the compound in Grant's bloodstream, let alone identify it. Piotr still carried the compound on his person in a small vial in the inner pocket of his suit coat, but it would appear just as a vial of cologne. Even had a nice manly musk about it, if sniffed. Fortunately, it had no effect unless swallowed. For whatever reason, the scent receptors in a person's nose couldn't carry it. That was just another of the scientist's claims that Piotr hadn't bought, until the scientist demonstrated by sniffing it himself. Crazy egghead. It all added up to there being no reason the authorities would detain him, or pay him any mind at all. All the same, there was nothing to be gained by waiting for them to arrive. So he pushed himself off the wall and turned to his left, toward the hallway that housed the bathrooms at the rear of the club, and in the same hallway, the rear stairwell down to the ground floor, and then the exit. For whatever reason, the herd of people had all pressed forward toward the front exit, so Piotr had an easy time of it, and he stepped outside into the rear parking lot just as he heard the squeal of brakes as the authorities pulled to a halt in front of the brick-faced former warehouse that now was downtown Toledo's most exclusive, and soon-to-be most infamous, nightclub. Piotr sniffed, smiling ever so slightly as he slipped his sunglasses on despite the night's dark and zigzagged his way through the lot, three-quarters full of parked cars that cost more than most people earned in two years of work. The kinds of people who bought cars like that had no idea the storm about to swoop down upon them. Yes, this had been a very successful night indeed. It had taken a serial rapist, uncharged but guilty nonetheless, off the grid and sent him straight to hell. 
and it had provided a test run and proof of concept for the opening salvos in the war to come. A war of liberation, one too far in the coming. Oh, there was a storm coming indeed. He stepped out of the lot and turned left, walking down the sidewalk along a four-lane street that was still busy despite the late hour, and he pulled out a phone from his coat pocket. It was a burner, purchased by a guy he'd met outside the convenience store that sold them in exchange for a twenty, untraceable to Piotr or to anyone he knew, except for one person, but there was no danger in talking to her. She had no ties that mattered. He had made certain to keep her far away from his plans and from his compatriots. What was not known could not cause her harm, nor could she betray it even unintentionally. He hit Susan's number and pressed dial. A moment later, her voice came on the line. Da? It is done, Piotr said, simply and without inflection. She would know it was him, know his voice. He would not have tried to conceal his identity from her, even if he didn't have such joyous news to bring her. Her breath caught, and he could envision her mouth opening slightly from surprise. She knew his intent, knew he would not rest until the man who had violated his sister had paid for what he had done. But she could not have brought herself to believe he actually would, could, do it. She always had refused to see that her little brother was not a little boy anymore. Are you certain? Certain. Her voice broke then, and he heard a sob quickly pulled back. In his mind's eye, she was blinking away tears, wiping her cheeks with the back of her free hand as she struggled to keep her composure, even there in the privacy of her bedroom. I don't, she stopped talking, clearly unsure what to say. Say nothing. I will talk with you again in a few days. I love you, Suzashka. Then Piotr hung up and closed the phone. He thought for a moment, then he tossed the phone into a nearby trash can. Probably excessively cautious, but was there really any such thing? Burners were easy to obtain and cheap, and he decided that he could not take even the slightest risk Susan could get dragged into this thing he was beginning. He continued down the street, picking up his pace as he went to where he had parked his car, used and economical, unlike the monstrosities in the parking lot he had just exited half a mile from the club. The heels of his mirror-polished shoes made soft, rhythmic, clopping noises, like the ticking of a clock. His smile, unbidden, grew until he felt the skin of his cheeks stretch. It had all gone according to plan without even the slightest difficulty. He was ready. It was time to start preparations in earnest, and then... Then comes the storm. Soon now. Soon. I told you it was kind of crimey. <laughs> well, what can I tell you? Uh, so, I don't remember if there was anything that inspired that one or not. It's just something that... If I remember right, it had been a rough week and I hadn't gotten around to writing my story for the week yet and I really was just like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to write something. I don't know what I'm writing. And it ended up being short and sweet and kind of cool. <laughs> Which is always fun when that happens. Uh, so, clearly, uh, Piotr has some big revolutionary plan and probably should revisit that at some point i'm going to add that to the list of six thousand million projects that i need to do in the writing world 
<laughs> it's what it is. But I hope you like that. I I liked, like I said, I liked uh, writing it and uh, reading back over it. I think it's kind of cool. I not to you know pat myself on the back too hard, but I thought the whole weird hallucinatory state thing at the beginning was pretty well done but that's just me what can i say <laughs> i've never done any kind of uh hallucinatory compound so i have no idea if that's how it would turn out or not but yeah meh, all good so anyway if you liked it which of course you liked it now you know you need to go pack the kit back the Kickstarter. Um, you can also go back on to you know the rest of my videos from the channel here, uh, dozens of stories you can listen to and agree that oh yes I like this guy's writing. Or you can go to postcards at the edge of at postcards in the age of It's a very nice blog that has been uh, consenting to put. Um, my stories up uh, on a regular basis and the latest one that they put up this past monday was uh the in the eternal ride of brown bones which i read here a few weeks a couple months back um but if you go back through there go through their archives they've got a bunch of stories of mine you can read some of those for free or you can go to my store michaelkingswood.com store and use the free the use the coupon code free sample and download something for free. Read it real quick, though, because you gotta get decide if you're gonna back the Kickstarter and back it by Tuesday at 12:45 p.m. on Pacific time. And if you don't back it, you're just gonna have to buy all that books at MichaelKingswood.com/store <laughs> or through your retailer of choice, which you know I am on all the various retailers. You can get there. Go to any of them and search for me. Or the easy way to find me there is go to michaelkingswood.com slash books to read. And that will get to my author page on the books to read site, which is a cool universal book links thing where you can, you know, there's a bunch of my, not all of my, I don't have all of my sto stories um, posted there just because there's so many of them. But yeah, pick one and click it and click on your retailer of choice. It'll get you to the sales page for that thing. And then you can also get to the, rest of my stuff there through there too um so it's a cool universal book length thing uh let's so go there but really the best thing is to go to mykingswood.com slash store because it's a direct relationship i get more money when you buy straight from me so they don't have to pay amazon or barnes noble or kobo their 30 percent or whatever it is it's normally 30 percent for ebooks for print it's more um audiobooks it's more um so you know I'm still working out the, the print option on my site, but you can get the audiobooks through there and I'll take 95% royalty on audiobooks straight from me as opposed to the 25% that I get from most other places. Come to me. Anyway, <laughs> but the, um, or come to my business, really. I keep misstating it. It's a, you know, it, it's a company. <laughs> it's not, not really me, but you know what I mean. Uh, Yes, so do all those things. And of course, like this video, like the podcast, if that's what you're listening to, the audio version, subscribe, do all that stuff. Come back the Kickstarter. 
And if you do miss this Kickstarter, if you're watching this video late and you're like, oh crap, I really wanted to thank that Kickstarter. Don't worry. In about a month and a half, there's going to be another Kickstarter for volume two, which you'll be able to get volume one from at the same time. But it's better to back them both for reasons, because I like it more. But also, a little thing about Kickstarters, right? Um, Kickstarter is both a place to sell things, and it's also a marketing place. Because uh, when the Kickstarter campaign brought funds and is successful, uh, especially if it's successful early, Kickstarter has this little algorithm that it shines on campaigns that it likes or campaigns that are successful. Especially if you fall in one of the campaigns you love, they love campaigns we love, not they we, you know what I mean. Um, they broadcast to a whole bunch of people and gets a whole lot more money for the creator, but also more eyes seeing it. And you know, as with all marketing, it's and the key th is you know, eyeballs are key. The biggest obstacle for writers is obscurity right a lot of writers would be like oh my gosh somebody might pirate my book or somebody might steal my idea Pfft, i hope they do because the problem is that nobody knows you exist and getting people to know you exist that's the challenge so the more the, the more the kickstarter better the kickstarter does not only to get more money but also more attention gets put on it so that's why i keep pimping it and also, I want you to have fun stories to read. <laughs> and I want to make money from it. So anyway, so you know what to do. Go buy my books. Go back to Kickstarter. Uh, go um, subscribe to this channel. And then, of course, come back next week. Next week, we're reading story number 44, which is Miss Melody and the Spruce Trail. Those of you who've been around for a while know, recognize Miss Melody. We had a couple of Miss Melody stories earlier in this challenge. And, spoiler alert, there's one in the the collection that's being kickstarted right now. Um, it's a portal fantasy thing. And uh, it's about a cafe where people go in, they have problems, and help, the cafe helps them solve their problems. And um, this story this story is pretty cool, I think. Uh, hope, I think you will like it. So come back next week and enjoy listening to me read it or just go buy it on my site you can buy it through the collection or individual no you can't buy it individually because i've not been putting the stories out individually until i read them so you can still get the stories from the great challenge collection you know this one all the stories are in there um <laughs> but uh <laughs> you can come back next week for story saturday it'll be cool uh i'm going to i have been sporadically streaming uh, Kickstarter updates. I'm going to continue to sporadically stream as the Kickstarter New Year's its end. Uh, so stay tuned to look around on the stream on the channel for that. And uh, yeah, nothing else. Just come back next Saturday. I'll talk to you then. Until then, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. For information on my books, visit michaelkingswood.com or visit my web store at ssnstorytelling.com. My books are all available through all the various e-tailers, but buying direct from me nuts me the most profit. For information on new releases and other special deals in the future, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music is copyright Gene Paul Zogby 
licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved. <laughs>